I am featured on an amazing summit called the Intrabiz Summit alongside Dr. John D. Martini, Sharon Lecter, Evan Carmichael, Rob Moore, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, 30 of the world's leading industry authorities over a three-day period, November 25th to November 27th. And it's all going to be about how to rise to thrive going into 2021. So looking forward to seeing that. It's free to join. If you want to pre-purchase some of the audio recordings, use the promo code IntroAS10, IntroAS10, and uh, We'll see you on the Intrabiz Summit. Take care. Bye-bye. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience Power Up Thursdays episode with myself, Adam Strong. And really looking forward to sharing some great content and some insights with you today because I've been having some really interesting conversations. In fact, it kind of goes back not even just recently, but today I wanted to talk a little bit about recruiting and retaining what I call A players. All right. So what do I mean by A players? Well, A players, so there are three classifications of essentially not just in employees, but also people that you would like to bring in at, on what I call um, potential candidates. So we have what I call A players, B players, and C players. All right. Now, in terms of classification, what, is, uh, what are the big differences between an A player, a B player, and a C player? Well, a C player is someone that is literally going to be just there to just earn their salary. They're going to be there to just pay their bills. They're not really interested in fulfilling their potential. They're not interested in becoming part of the culture as such. They're just there in terms of presence. They're just there, okay? And you tell them what to do, and they just do it, okay? They, they show very little initiative. Uh, they, uh, they show very little interest. Uh, it's all about, this is what my job, and this is what I'm going to do. So it's a very also into kind of more what I call the fixed mindset rather than the growth mindset, all right? Now, B players, the difference between a B player and a C player is that a B player, there are certain attributes and skills that they show that, number one, they're interested in becoming more than just themselves. They also have some, uh, into, you know, they have also some other interesting improvements on C players, uh, such as, you know, they, they're in this development that they, they want to develop their careers. They, they want to, but they're in what I call a transition of change. So they don't have a fixed mindset and they don't have a growth mindset. They're somewhere in between the middle. They're, they're kind of a little bit lost. But in terms of performance-wise as well, is that a B player, okay, they won't be your highest performing employees. They would be your average employees. They would do okay, all right? Now, A players, A players are a little bit different. And normally the difference between an A player and a C player is huge. So an A player is someone that wants to uh, be part of something much bigger, much huger. They believe in your purpose, your why, your vision, your mission, and, and things like that. They outperform themselves. They go above and beyond what's expected of them. 
and they use their initiative more. And, you know, they're, they, they're a lot harder to come by in terms of A players. Now, if you're in the entrepreneurial world and you take on a lot of what I call so-called contractors, if you can, uh, there's, a, there's a, a platform called Upwork or Fiverr, which you may or may not have heard, but you can essentially great recruit uh, contractors for doing a particular task. Now, very, for example, I wanted to recruit, say, a graphic designer, okay? Now, there's thousands of graphic designers out there, okay? And each one is going to be slightly different. Now, what I tend to do is when it comes to uh, recruiting, especially if I wanted, say, a graphic designer for a particular project, but I didn't want to employ them full-time or, or even part-time, is I just would, uh, I would just bring in, you know, a subcontractor, for example. And what I would do is I would look at their reviews and their testimonials. Uh, that's really important for me. But, but the other thing is, is looking at, you know, what is it going to cost me as well? So just because someone is priced really, really more than kind of the average as such doesn't necessarily mean they're going to perform to the highest standards. So what you tend to do is you tend to go for somewhere in the middle and then more than likely to want to work much harder for you that, you know, they have a great attitude and things like that. So I just wanted to kind of share a little bit, uh, some tips there, especially if you are an entrepreneur, if you are running a conventional business, I'm going to share some, some of the key, I'm going to share 10 main tips about how you can recruit and retain a players in your business and your company. So what I was going to say, and interestingly enough, okay, when it comes to recruiting potential clients, okay, uh, or candidates, whatever you prefer to call it, um, is that a high salary isn't going to make you re recruit or retain um, A players in your company. It helps a little bit, but actually, according to a lot of research stats and statistics from people like Gallup, for example, what they have found is they have found that from a human psychology perspective is that in, our, in the generation that we're in right now is that people are looking for other things. They want to be part of something bigger and better. And I want to go into this a little bit more, if I may. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say to you as well is that when you are interviewing potential clients or you are looking to grow your business and leveraging, don't worry too much about people's qualifications, all right? Qualifications is a little bit of a bonus. And if you are in a specialized uh, profession, say it be a lawyer or you're an accountant or whatever it is, yes, of course, qualifications are important. However, what the most important thing is, there's two things that's important. Number one is attitude. You cannot you cannot teach someone with a great attitude. If you've got someone that has a bad attitude, then guess what? They're going to infect your culture with a more toxic toxicity culture and you don't want any toxic employees in your business. All right. Stay away from that. So that's the first thing is, is making sure they've got a great attitude. All right. And number two, from my perspective, it isn't just attitude that I'm looking for. I'm looking for optimism. I want to employ someone who has a high level of optimism. Okay. Because you don't want someone who is negative, is that they're, they're going to bring the team down, that, that they're not going to add any value, they're going to bring problems and bottlenecks and challenges. You want someone that is optimistic in whatever, like, for example, and, and this is a great way, I was actually doing some work with a, a firm, 
and they found it particularly difficult to re- to recruit really good candidates. And when they did the interview process, I was like, do you test them for their optimism? And I was like, what? what, what do you mean? So I gave them a questionnaire that they could use as a template. And it had specific questions based on their optimism. So if we look at COVID, for example, right? Just prior to COVID, you know, for example, if there was a big massive virus that came, okay, and and we was forced to work from home and it had this and, and it caused stress and it caused, you know, it caused this and this and this, you know, how would you, how would you react? Okay. And what you're looking to do is you're looking to test for people's optimism. So uh, if you, if something is worst case scenario, best case scenario, and, and the most likely outcome, what is going to be their reaction? Really important to understand. So let's get into how your company can effectively recruit and retain A players. I want to start off by, uh, so number one is all about leadership, right? So they need to know, okay, they need to know who you are, okay? They need to know who the person is that's running the company, right? Is it that their values, okay? Is it that their individual values has, a, I suppose, a commonality between their values and your values but also more importantly are the values being upheld in terms of the company as well which is really really important so leadership is extremely important they need to need they need to know you know who they're being part of what what company are they jumping into Uh, number two career growth you know i mentioned the fact at the beginning that having a higher salary only has a very small amount of impact on people's engagement and you know how they show up at work but providing them with the right resources for personal development for example to provide them for um and and this is really going to help especially from a turnover perspective i remember working with a recruitment firm and their big problem was is that they had a huge amount of turnover and i was like okay so why is it you know, their turnover was something like, I don't know, it was like something ri- ridiculous. It varied over sort of a three-year period between 70 and 80%. It was astronomical. And so it was costing them a lot of money, not just in training, but, you know, it just, it, not just in training and other costs, you know, in time and, and in salaries, uh, they would lose that, you know, they'd lose their, their best talent. And I was like, well, why is the reason why you're doing this and looking at sort of the, the company in a bit more deeper, uh, deeper scope is, you know, they didn't have, you know, the foundations, as I like to call it, they didn't have the, the values and the mission and the vision. They didn't, a lot of the employees didn't really understand. They were kind of lost. They were just turning up and, and they didn't really want to, they didn't really want that. They wanted to be something, they wanted to be part of something much bigger. And once we addressed this, their turnover came astronomically down. So it was a a really interesting uh, journey, that one. Number three, and I talked about this again, the mission and the purpose. What's the reasons why your company exists? You know, and this is not just about making money. Yes, you're in business to make money, but that's not the main reason. That's not the main why of your company. That's not the main purpose of your company. A lot of candidates want to be want they want to align themselves they want to be part of something much bigger right not just if you know if you're running a law firm or if you're running a county firm or if you're running you know a professional services company or whatever it might be they got to you've got to outline and have your mission and your purpose and your why 
uh, and have it published, right? Have it on your website because it's really important is that when you interview candidates, they've got to feel like they're going to be part of something much bigger. This is for longevity, you know, and interconnectors. But also it's got to be genuine, right? So the mission and the vision, you know, you've got to practice this and live by that every single day. And it's got to come from the top at the end of the day. You know, that's really, really important. Number four, creative thinking. You know, so as I mentioned, Gallup, which are one of the leading research authorities on employee engagement, they found that actually in the world today, that 50% of today's workforce is disengaged, which means that your employees are actually basically just turning up. Okay. And just, that's what I mean. It's just turning up. They're just there. Okay. They're just the soulless human being that just there to just work like a robot, I suppose. But the new generation of today, you know, they want to get, they want to be ingrained and kind of have brainstorming sessions as an example. They want to be sold on the fact that there's going to be some sort of creative thinking and some thought processes that's going to really help them uh, with their, just kind of with their growth and things like that. Uh, number five, giving back philanthropy and community, uh, I suppose, causes as such. Now, what makes me really fascinated well it's kind of not fascinated it's kind of more of a frustration whereas a lot of corporate companies talk about their corporate responsibility and things like that now there's so much thing as corporate responsibility and secondly there's companies out there that are actually doing and getting out there and making a difference so you know i know that a lot of corporate companies for example you know, especially from a tax uh, advantage perspective, make donations to charitable causes, okay, which is a, a win-win for the, for the charity. But secondly, it's a tax benefit for you guys as well, depending on which country you're actually, you know, look, you know, doing business from, of course. But also getting your employees involved in charitable causes is, is again, a great way to bond teamwork, to build collaboration, to build an energy as well in, in the company as well, which is really, really important. And one of the things that we do in, in our company, actually, is that we have a, a number of challenges on an, on an annual basis where we actually raise money. We pick a charity. And essentially, when we do the annual challenge as such, it could be a, run a marathon. It could be run a triathlon or whatever it is. A lot of companies do this and they do it for a good cause. And again, it brings people together. It brings support or whatever it is. And you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to be the fittest perfect. Uh, fittest person in the world it, it might not have nothing to do with fitness which is absolutely fine there's a lot of great causes that you can you know get your company to align yourself with uh, number six problem solving you know being able to solve problems as a you know it's great in terms of collaboration to form this kind of collaborative form i suppose collaborative teamwork as such but more importantly problem solving is great for empowerment you know, if I am, if I empower you guys to problem solve for me, okay, that, then guess what? I'm going to feel more important. I'm going to feel like, oh, wow, you've given me this task, which is completely different to what I would normally do, or maybe relevant to what I'd currently do. However, it's going to make me feel a lot happier in what I do. I, I have more meaning to just coming into work and, and doing my regular duties as such. Number seven, professional development, personal and professional development. And this is going to pay dividends because this is an area that a lot of smaller companies neglect, all right? 
if you invest in your employees, it's going to pay dividends down the line. All right. And it's going to save you a hell of a lot, a lot of money. So really important to look at that area. Uh, number eight, recognition and rewards. So you guys probably would have known the difference between, I was going to say, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So extrinsic motivation is, you know, praise, having a good salary, performance reviews, all of that wonderful stuff or bonuses. But intrinsic motivation is actually the, one of the most important fundamentals in terms of motivating employees. And, you know, again, this is kind of based around, you know, the feeling that they that they have when they come into work, you know, this is intrinsically, you know, it gives them this kind of, I suppose, this passion, uh, you know, when people ask them, you know, how do you feel about your work, you know, when they build up this intrinsic motivation, they're more motivated to, to do it regardless and go above and beyond what is required of them from an engagement perspective. So that's really, really important. Uh, one of the other things as well, I want to talk about this is, is gratitude. And this is, again, part of number eight, gratitude as well. And there was a great session that we did with Adrian Gostick now in the previous sessions. And here she shares about not only the importance of gratitude, but also how to practice gratitude in your workplaces and also, you know, just generally as well, uh, which I think is uh, really, really important. Number nine, uh, innovation really important to be innovative, especially in times like this, you know, when there's a, an economic collapse, for example, when there's a, I don't know, like what the times that we're in right now, for example, most of the companies that there's a lot of companies that are folding that are not surviving. And it's purely because they're paralyzed by fear and uncertainty. This is a time where you get together with your teams and you essentially innovate, you create new ideas, you empower them to come up with new projects. That's going to help, you know, not just add value to the company, it's going to add value to the community, it's going to add value to customers and clients. What new, uh, what new projects could you give some of your employees and, uh, and your teams and things like that, all right? Super important. And the last one, which is number 10, which is teamwork and team building. Now, what I'm not talking about is let's go for an outdoor pursuits uh, center and do the high ropes course. No, I'm not talking about that, guys. Yes, it can happen a little bit. But what I'm actually talking about is actually the smallest things, uh, which is really important, such as thinking about office layout, uh, culture. And, you know, and I talk about culture a lot in the uh, podcast and the importance of having a, a high performing culture and what is it that you need in order to do so. And, you know, and, and like I said, the type of culture that you want to create, you know, do you want to have, is it the fact that, you know, your leaders are approachable? Is it the fact that, you know, how is it that you're encouraging teamwork? What is it that you're doing to build the team? You know, is it that you're having regular meetings, you know, and if you're not having a regular meetings, why not? Okay. Uh, one, there was a financial services company that we was working with actually. And they said to me, Oh, you know, Adam, we want to bring you in. We want to bring you guys in to help, drive more high performance in our in our business one of the things that uh we explored some of the things that they were doing and some of the things they weren't doing and the big problem with this particular company is that they weren't consistent in what they did so when they had a meeting for example and normally in my company we would have a, a meeting towards the end of the week to see what we've achieved but in a lot of companies the meetings were inconsistent and they weren't timed they didn't have an agenda so that's the first thing secondly 
is once a month we'd have what I call innovation, innovation, innovation monthlies, which essentially is a great opportunity where you basically, uh, you basically uh, turn off your email notifications, you go into an office or brainstorming room or whatever it is, and you get together with your teams to, for a couple of hours to think about how you can add more value to people's lives and you know what new products and services or what methodologies, what problems are you going to solve in the, in the world? And we would do this once a month. And this was the same for this financial services company. They weren't doing that. And when the leaders of the company thought that they were their, their employees were engaged and they were motivated, but actually in reality, they just, they weren't because I had also did some interviews with, with some of the other employees and they're like, yeah, they don't understand. They believe this, they believe that. And there was this kind of misalignment as such between, you know, what the leaders thought and what the employees thought and whatever it is. And, you know, there's always room for improvement, guys. Really uh, always room for improvement. So in summary of today's call, actually, is a way to think about what is it that... You need to be bringing in people that share this sense of, I suppose, purpose and belief in not just, you know, why you, your company exists. They got to believe in you as a person. You've got to build these relationships. Uh, you've got to, they've got to understand your mission. They've got to understand your purpose. They've got to understand their values and they've got to believe in what you believe. All right. Because one of the, and, and it's a really, another great example, actually, a good friend of mine runs a, a very successful company. She's been in business for about 17 years or thereabouts, but it's just her. And her business turns over a good substantial amount of money. It's a six-figure business. I think it work, makes around 150000 a year or whatever it might be. But she always complains that she never has any time and she cannot find the right talent. And I was like, okay, well, why is this? And, and so, because number one is that she doesn't like letting go, right? So that's that's a real big thing for her because a lot of, and same with a lot of our listeners that are listening in with you guys, you've got to learn to let go and empower others to do what you do. Uh, and because I know, I understand it's kind of your baby, it's your business and you're being protective of it. I completely understand. But one of the real reasons why a lot of businesses don't grow is because they get stuck. And, and this is the reason why they get stuck because the owner or the founder or the business, whatever it, the founder itself, they don't want to let go. Yes, they want to take employees on. And this particular lady, she maybe take on someone really special who we'd see as an A player, but maybe sort of three, four weeks down the, la down the ladder, the relationship would break down. And, and it would break down because number one, there was this element of trust that wasn't there. So that's the first thing. Secondly, she didn't want to empower, you know, the new candidate with new tasks and whatever it is. Number three, there was this lack of training, you know, so the other person, even though they were very well experienced and qualified, they still needed to have an element of training and really important. And the fourth one was, is that the business owner and the founder themselves, they just felt it was just quicker and easier to do it themselves, right? And the big problem with that is if you are, if you find someone that is able to do your, some of the duties and some of the things that you do on a daily basis that take up a lot of, a lot of your time, for example, and they're able to do it 80% good. Okay. It means that's a good A player. All right. No, one's going to be hundred percent perfect. All right. No one can replicate what you do essentially, 
But if you've got someone in your team, which, um, and again, this is coming from experience. If you've got someone in your team that's underperforming, they uh, take maybe five times longer than what you do it, then maybe you need to think twice about, number one, is it that, can you help them? Is it that they have a bad attitude? Is it that they need more skills? Do they need more training? Or is it the fact that they're just lazy, they procrastinate, and the fact that actually, do you know what? They actually really don't want to be there in the first place. So listen, I hope that today's uh, Power Up Thursdays has given you a bit of an eye-opener and a bit and some new insights. I certainly enjoyed today and I've gone through a lot of great content for you guys. Listen, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please reach out to me on social media, either on Twitter, on YouTube, or on Facebook or LinkedIn, which is my preferred platforms, and uh, tag me, share me, whatever it might be, or even reach out to me. The links are actually below, below in the podcast below. And interestingly enough, we're going to be, I'm going to be sharing some really, really exciting announcements in the next up and coming weeks and uh, make sure that you stay plugged in because you are not going to want to miss this, especially as we go into 2021 and you guys are going to be the first to know. Okay. So I'm so super excited about that. But anyway, listen, have a great, happy power up Thursday. Even though you might not be listening to this on Thursdays, it's irrelevant. Listen, whatever day it is to you, whenever you're listening to this, have a great day. See you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.